It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin! Dear listeners, we are back on the road with another episode of the RV. Today, we are in San Diego, California, to chat with Hans Koberg. Hans is a father of four and an author of children's books and parenting books. He is here to talk about his book, Baby Aviva, Orangutan Diva, a jungle quest to discover inner strength. So Hans, welcome to the RV. Thank you, Lucia. It's so nice to be on the road with you and I'm enjoying this ride already. So thank you for letting me come on. Yes, and I'm very happy to be visiting you in San Diego. It's my first time in San Diego. Thanks so much. There's a lot of things for you to do here, so uh, okay. <laughs> buckle up. Uh-huh. Hans, you mentioned you were raised by a family of Swedish and Filipino heritage. Is it correct? Yes, that is absolutely correct. My father is Swedish, and his whole family is still in Sweden, so he was one of four boys, and, and he was the only one to come here to the United States, so I'm, I'm very proud of my Swedish heritage, but I'm also at the same time very proud of my Filipino heritage and my mother is from the Philippines and she came here for uh, her PhD and she met my my dad. They're both chemists. They say that there was actually chemistry between the two. So that's, um, you know, that's the story of my parents and uh, they raised me in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I'm from the East Coast originally, but uh, so I, was, I always felt a little out of place being Swedish, Filipino, being raised in the South, which is a whole nother culture in and of itself, but yeah. It's interesting. And what is your favorite thing about each heritage? Ah, that's a really good question. I mean, the Swedish heritage, I really enjoy their calm demeanor. Um, they really have, Swedish people really just have, they indulge in life and, and they kind of just take it easy. They relax, they don't stress out about too much. And I would say on the contrary, Filipinos, uh, they they are very loud <laughs> they they really love to uh to have a good time and they laugh and and the filipino culture is all about food and all about uh having a lot of corny jokes to tell you the truth so a lot of my uncles just <laughs> we would get around dinner tables and they would give you know really corny jokes but they just have a very positive attitude i, I would say that's a, a a characteristic of filipinos in general and can you speak both languages? 
I wish, I wish that was always a big regret growing up. And my parents never taught me their native tongue. Uh, so I don't speak sp- Swedish nor Tagalog, uh, which is the main dialect in the Philippines. But I grew up in, in North Carolina and they spoke English to each other. And uh, as a result, I actually, actually ended up learning Spanish through school and really had that almost shame that I didn't speak their language that was kind of eating at me for a lot of my lifetime. And so when I was 27 years old, I ended up moving to Lima, Peru to really perfect my Spanish and live with a you know, Peruvian family. And uh, you know, lucky enough for me, that ended up being the best decision of my life because not only did I learn Spanish fluently, but I also met my Cuban American wife who was working in Peru. Baby Aviva Orangutan Diva, a jungle quest to discover inner strength. Can you tell us more about the inspiration behind this story? Absolutely, Lucia, I would really love to. So Baby Aviva is, is actually my real life daughter, Aviva Lilia. She was born in January of 2020. And uh, throughout her lifetime, she had a couple recurring episodes where uh, we had to have some hospitalizations. A long story short, the doctors never really understood what she had and what her diagnosis was, but it was causing her heart rate to actually drop very low to about 60 beats a minute and overall lethargy. Um, It usually lasted 24 to 48 hours, but the hospitalizations usually tended to be about five days or so. After so many diagnostic workups uh, from neurology, cardiology, DNA testing, and and after her fifth episode at 10 months of of life, they never really figured out what she had. Unfortunately and and tragically, on her sixth episode, when she had it, she didn't recover. And and she she passed away. Um, Hardest day in my life. Uh, it's, It's... the hardest thing that any parent can go through, but uh, to have to experience that with my wife and my family, to say goodbye to my daughter and to hold her in my hands for the very last time. I told her, of course, of course I really love her. And I told her that daddy's gonna make you proud and daddy's gonna you know, do something to really carry on her legacy. And you know, in those next few weeks and months, I was really trying to search out you know, ways to really make sure that my daughter is remembered and, and that she does have this positive impact in the world. Because at her funeral, we had different eulogies. And because of COVID, she was born in January 2020, not many people got to meet her. And uh, it, was, it was really just my wife and I, Christina and, and myself, who were able to really have that bonding experience with her. Um, and, and we knew, you know, that she's this joyous, bubbly, vivacious, larger than life personality that just really loved everything about, about life. Her siblings, her, her two older siblings, um, she loved music, she loved eating. And, and in terms of, you know, not being able to let her meet the rest of the world or, or let the rest of the world meet her, um, that was really what was kind of eating away at me, I would say. It, it was really gnawing at, at my heart. And so I um, decided to really use a children's book as a medium. I've always really loved uh, reading kids uh, book, books to my kids. We do it you know, at least two or three every single night and, and even, even nap time as well. 
but um, I'm just really used to actually making up a lot of different stories. Uh, they kind of asked me to tell a story every single night. And, and so kind of this was the impetus, the catalyst to really put that into production and really start, start writing. Um, so Baby Aviva is my inspiration. She is my muse, if you, if you will. And the book in and of itself is, showcases a lot of her personality, a lot of this, you know, it, in, in the form of this orangutan who is fearless, she's brave, she's a leader, uh, she does things for the community. She, she sings and dances as a, as a diva. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are her real strengths. And you'll see in the, in the book when, when times become very tough, uh, she face, faces off a, a very significant challenge against a, uh, a menacing tiger. And she doesn't necessarily know how to um, defeat this tiger, but uh, what she does use is her inner strengths of singing and dancing to really win over his heart and win over, you know, his friendship at the end of the day, uh, and then is able to really save the day for her village um, using that inner strength that she has. And so the book is a message to all kids um, and parents to really, you know, when you're coming across different obstacles, different challenges and hurdles in your life, uh, a lot of it is about how you overcome that challenge. And many times you have within yourself the ability to actually, you know, be resilient. Uh, and and my, my daughter was, was everything, you know, and, and more during her uh, bouts, during, you know, those episodes and hospitalizations. She just had this brave, fearless, resilient attitude and, and always smiling, even when she was connected to all these tubes and uh, wires and, and she, um, you know, I, I miss her. <laughs> I miss her tremendously. Um, but writing this book has given me a lot of joy to share her with others, especially, you know, those that never got to meet her. My, my brother, for instance, never got to meet, you know, his, his niece and, and all of those you know, kindergartners and, and toddlers that would have gotten to meet her and, and teachers. This actually gives me this almost prop, if, if you will, to be able to kind of say, hey, I, I really love talking about my daughter. I, I would really love for you to meet her. Unfortunately, you can't meet the physical representation of her, but mm-hmm. um, I want to give you this book so, so we can actually have a conversation and maybe you can be inspired by uh, Maya Viva. It's amazing, Hans, how you've turned grief and sorrow into an inspiration. Because Aviva is an inspiration. You wouldn't know it, but it's this, creating the book has actually helped me on my grief journey. You know, when you lose anyone you love, uh, it doesn't have to be your child, but everyone's grief journey is, is very, very difficult and, and it's very individual, it's very unique. And I've learned that there's no real right way to grieve. Uh, you can learn from a lot of different people, um, but at the end of the day, you're kind of walking down that road yourself. Even with my wife, um, we've had very different grieving journeys, but uh, for, for me, pouring my heart and pouring my labor and my efforts into something creative in a creative meeting, medium um, has been really helpful to me. And, and um, you know, even just having this conversation, the things that it's really, you know, um, catalyzed later on. It, it's, it's, it gives me a lot of joy, um, to tell you the truth. Every single time I see a, a friend send me a picture reading the book with uh, their child, I just, I, I just have to smile. And, and I have, you know, hundreds of those t- pictures now. And, and it's, um, 
it's, it's really great. I, you know, I, I know that Aviva really, you know, will live on and she will inspire others. And, you know, uh, even though she's not physically here, she, she can still do that after her time on earth. So. Hans, I just want to say thank you so much for telling, yeah, your story to our listeners. And yeah, this is precious what you were doing for her. And I saw how there is the Aviva Lilia Scholarship Fund with Open Dreams. So Hans, can you tell us more about this scholarship and organization that you work with? Yeah, absolutely. So Open Dreams is actually a college access education organization. So what that means very simply is we actually uh, started it, myself, my wife, and one other co-founder um, about 10 years ago. So it's been been actually one of our personal pride in terms of our, our professional life, um, but we work with high achieving low-income uh, scholars in, in developing countries, uh, currently mostly in Cameroon, in Africa, to really build a platform and, and really build a bridge to really connect these talented students with scholarship opportunities at different universities worldwide. So over the years, we've had over 200 uh, of our scholars really get full-time scholarships, everything paid to, to different, about 25 different countries and, and different universities. So it's been such a uh, personal pride for me to, to really be part of this organization, to really help, help them. But when we thought about with Aviva, you know, as, as any father does, uh, I, I had very high hopes and very high aspirations for her. I had, you know, several dreams and I still do. Um, those dreams certainly don't die. But in terms of, you know, when, when people are actually send, sending us, you know, flowers and, and, and food um, after she passed, we decided to kind of create this scholarship fund and say, you know, if, if you really want to, to help us, what would really help us is, is really by helping others. Um, and it, it sounds contrary, but um, from a lot of the other bereaved parents that we've talked to uh, and other grievers that we've talked to and books that we've read, a lot of times, one of the best ways to, to really recover or really to transform that grief into something positive is by helping others. And, and so um, the Viva Lilia Scholarship Fund for Women in Science um, particularly goes towards um, a lot of initiatives and, and new scholarships, but also women-led initiatives uh, within the, the realm of science and, and medicine. And, and the reason for that is because we still don't have any kind of answers with Aviva and, and why she passed and what her diagnosis was and, and not having closure on that is very difficult. Um, it, it's kind of, you know, this open wound that doctors, you know, the 30 or so doctors that she saw were, were all very you know, confused and very stumped. And we were surprised actually just a month after she passed, uh, the scholars themselves in Open Dreams, they coordinated this Aviva day, which really to touch our heart is, is probably the most heart, heartwarming thing that anyone's ever done for us. Um, so we had hundreds of these high school students across Cameroon visit different neonatal units, uh, so infant care units in Cameroon um, to really bring, and it is around, around the holiday season, to bring uh, a lot of Christmas joy and spirit to mothers and, and children that, that were sick. 
in these units. And, um, and they raised a lot of funds themselves to be able to do this. And um, they, they named it Aviva Day. And, and we actually just had the second annual Aviva Day just last month. And so anytime anyone does something like that in Aviva's name, it makes me cry. <laughs> uh, quite frankly, it, it, it really makes me cry and moves my heart. So I am almost crying. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's completely, you know, uh, an emotional, like just overwhelmed with a lot, a lot of emotional feelings when, when someone says, hey, I, I, I did this random act of kindness or, you know, it doesn't have to be big. It, it could be, you know, I, I smiled at someone today and, and, and I gave them, you know, uh, a meal, um, you know, that in, in Aviva's name. And that just that is, is just, you know, it's really touching. So yeah. it is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And you mentioned one of the greatest gifts in life is the joy of fatherhood, which inspired you to create some bad hacks. So what are some examples of this? <laughs> I would say the greatest gift in the world is definitely children. And, and you can't be a father without children. And, and whether that's biological or or adopted, um, or otherwise, or even as, as an uncle, or, or but in terms of uh, you know dad hacks, it, it really started with kind of more of a journal writing to my future self uh, when I first became a parent just over five years ago. Uh, my oldest son Hansito is five years old, and um, it, it was just little tips and, and and tools that I could actually use to to help uh, myself make because I. I, I, was, I was kind of uh, experiencing this post, um, you hear about women a lot, postpartum uh, depression, right? Um, but there is, uh, you know, a paternal version of that, paternal postpartum depression. And, and uh, I was definitely, you know, feeling a lot of uh, frustration at that point in time. Obviously, becoming a parent is, is the biggest life change that you can really make. You know, little things like... Um, like changing diapers, right? You, you change so many different diapers uh, as, as a dad. And, and I actually take a lot of pride in doing that because my, my, we say that my wife does all the input. So she does, you know, the breastfeeding and I do the output uh, that's changing diapers. But there's kind of a song that I made up uh, that makes it really fun that the kids really love. And, and uh, it's like, uh, a wee mawak, a wee mawak, a wee mawak, a wee mawak. In the diaper, the dirty diaper, Hansito lays a turd. In the diaper, the dirty diaper, it smells like what's the word? P-U. A wee bum bum away. 
beer. Oh, we bum bum away. So, <laughs> um, so you might. <laughs> so, so you might know that song, but it's uh, you know just a little spin off of that, that very popular song, and um, and it just made it you know so much fun to actually you know, change a diaper uh, when when uh, especially when you had a messy one um, that got all over the pants or shirt or anything else. So, um, just little things like that. And I, like the other day, I wrote to myself, make sure that the kids never find your hiding places. Uh, so they're. Um, their oldest ones are five and three and and they love getting into their candy you know drawers and closets and everything else and getting all the chocolates <laughs> that they can get their hands onto before you wake up and so um i have to be very cognizant of where my hiding places are and which ones they know and which ones are still kind of a mystery to them because that's uh you know you never want to like open your hiding place kind of like open the candy drawer right in front of their eyes because you know then the cat's out of the bag and and your toast as a, as a dad so yeah mm, that's what's cool you were the first person first guest who sang here i love it <laughs> are you serious oh man i i thought this is a car trip you're supposed to be singing songs right on on the rv right okay. um, I, i'm sorry I, i got i got into that so i had to break break it out so thank you <laughs> But I, I love singing, and so you, you don't you don't know me unless you know me singing, and and so um, you sing uh, well fun, because I can't. <laughs> yeah, fu funny enough, funny enough, I actually didn't used to be able to sing, um, and and I was so I'm half Filipino as you know, and my entire uh, mother's side of the family are all into karaoke. If you ever go to the Philippines, you can be on a deserted island; they won't have any electricity, no power, but they'll have a karaoke machine, and um, and that's kind of how. I grew up and every holidays we, we would do karaoke and they would, you know, my family, my uncles, my aunts, they would laugh at me hysterically. They would, <laughs> they would always laugh at me, but, um, but it wasn't until my, I met my wife. So she's one of 10 children. If you can imagine that she's, she's the baby of 10 children. And most, the majority of them are musicians. They're, they're singers and, and they really, they've done live music. They've done, you know, touring and concerts and everything like that and um I, i need to learn how to sing so my my wife actually when we started dating she got me three singing lessons uh with a singing instructor and um i love them so much i i started you know just just doing it every week and and did that for about a year and a half or two years and and that was uh, such a joy it's um, i mean singing is just um you know if you ever ever want to make yourself happy or feel happy there's a lot of endorphins that actually come from singing so mm -hmm. it's um, it's positive all around <laughs> so, i'll yeah. need like five years to start singing <laughs> <laughs> yeah and hence i love the illustrations i i can see that Aviva's orangutan is super yeah. beautiful. Who uh, did your illustrations? Don't tell me that you also illustrate. <laughs> no, I, I, I cannot take credit and I will not take credit for the illustrations. I was very fortunate enough to find a very amazing illustrator. After interviewing about 10 different illustrators, his name is Carl Mefford. He did a, a superb job. She, he's actually worked on a lot of different projects, but he also has worked with Scholastic Books before. And um, the process of illustrating the book was such a joy because we really started out with stick figures and kind of like just drawing different stick figures and, and what goes where and what words go where and 
what we want the um, the animals to be doing, what kind of actions, but but just filling everything in. Like he really took all his professionalism and and really you know, poured his soul into this book, um, knowing how special this was to me. So I'm forever grateful for him. Yes, and Aviva orangutan is so cute. Why did you chose an orangutan, Hans? When you think of children's books, you think of chimpanzees or gorillas or you know other types of apes or monkeys um but orangutans have never really had their time in the spotlight um in my opinion maybe there are some good books out there but one of our very last family outings was to the san diego zoo here if you know san diego that you know they they have a very very good zoo and uh, we had a very long day with all the kids and uh, they loved all the animals the tigers the zebras the elephants etc but when we got to the end of the day, it was about two o'clock and the older kids were breaking down because they were, they're very tired. It was nap time. But Aviva was strapped to my chest and we got to the orangutans and she was completely mesmerized. She was just infatuated, you know, just staring at these orangutans and, and really just watching them climb the trees and eat the fruit and play with the balls and, and orangutans are such an amazing beautiful and intelligent creature who are unfortunately being in, uh, hunted or not hunted but but endangered um their their habitats uh, are being destroyed uh, from deforestation in indonesia so sumatra and and borneo uh, is where they have a lot of uh, palm oil plant plantations and so one of the intents of the book was was really, you know, when I think about a rain, uh, uh, Aviva, you know, what animal kind of you know, matches her spirit? Uh, I think of these orangutans and I think of that moment at the San Diego Zoo. But at the same time, I also want to be able to, you know, uh, inspire children and, and really, um, you know, spread the message about orangutans and, and let kids fall in love with an orangutan because, you know, not many people, not many kids really even know what they are. And I think with the second book that that'll have coming out, we'll we'll be continuing uh, with the orangutans as well, and we'll introduce some new creatures <laughs> in, in addition. So, so it will be a sequel. It will be a sequel, and and um, and the last thing I would say about the illustrations was, if you read the book, you'll see there's an elephant protagonist, and she helps Aviva along the way. Uh, her name is Sophia. And that is Aviva's real life sister, Sophia. Um, and Tito the tiger, this mean, menacing uh, beast of the jungle, Tito, um, who ends up becoming her really good friend, is actually representative of Hansito, which is her older brother. So uh, Tito, Hansito, uh, it's more, more about the alliteration with tigers. So that's uh -huh. how we pick. The whole family. <laughs> yeah. I think our listeners can learn a lot from you. So what message would you like to leave to them? Thank you for asking that question. Um, you know, there, there's, there's certainly a lot I can say, but I'll, I'll try to condense it into really just two things. And, and so one, you know, uh, having lost my child and, and, um, and, and really, you know, going through that grieving process, what I, the message I want to really say to all parents is really, you know, cherish every single moment that you have with your children. You never know, you know, the last day that you're going to be able to spend with them. Um, I could, I would do anything, you know, to, to have her back, even, you know, those bad, bad times or, or those seemingly bad times, which, um, you know, 
everything's put in perspective but you know if there's like a temper tantrum or if you know your uh your kid's not eating you know the food or not going to bed or or you have you know dirty diaper or they're disobeying you know whatever it is it's all put in perspective you know now for for me um not that i didn't appreciate my children before but but i really you know now when i see my my, my son or my daughter uh, throwing a temper tantrum in public you know you, you kind of want to cringe as a parent but for me i kind of say to myself i'm lucky uh, to be able to get to witness this um, to have this moment with them and and really you know i need to cherish cherish the moment and, and lead by love and, and really parent with love um, i think that's the, the biggest thing that we can give our kids is, is really our love and our attention that's number one and then number two is is really you know, there's a lot of things that I've learned about grief, which is something that I never uh, in a million years thought I, I would go through this. As a parent, you never obviously envision uh, having to, to say goodbye to your, your child. But, you know, after reading a lot of books and going to a lot of therapy and going to a lot of grieving groups and talking to a lot of other bereaved parents and doing my own writing and, and meaning making almost, um, what I've realized is that society as a whole doesn't really handle grief very well. If you think about the world that we live in today, it's a world that's really set up uh, for all of those good life events that you have, that you can, that you post on your Facebook wall, that you put on your Instagram uh, feed, or that you tell your friends, you know, the, the weddings and the baptisms and the baby showers and the new jobs and everything else that, that we all celebrate. We're, we're very accustomed to celebrating these joyous times. Um, we have 200 people at your wedding, but when it comes to grief and 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 you know death and loss what i found along my journey was that uh, i've had a lot of friends that that have come out of the waterworks people i haven't talked to in, in 10 years that have been very supportive of me and and have checked in on me and have been with me along the way over the, these last 16 months or so and and a lot of the commonality with them is that they have experienced loss in their own life they they know what grief uh, feels and looks like. However, I've had the majority of my friends have either just not not been there um, or, or haven't you know asked about Aviva or, or or even called me or, or texted even. And so that's it's 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 sad. It's not you know it's nothing that I can do to change that. But I think there's this this misconception of space and distance and and what grievers really need. Is, is space, you know, a time, a, a, an ear to really listen to, you know, you know, what I'm angry about or what I'm, I'm sad about, or, you know, a, a shoulder to cry on, or, you know, someone just, just texting to say, how are you doing? Or, or thinking about Aviva today, you know, that space that, that we can create for each other is very important. And unfortunately it's, it's very rare. Whereas what people tend to think is that, oh, well, Hans just really needs distance and he doesn't necessarily need me to check on him or I don't, don't need to bother him about something trivial um, because everything is trivial, but they just um, disappear. And, and that's almost more hurtful than, than, than trying to be more proactive about it. And so what I would say, you know, for, for all of those, you know, that, that are, that have friends that are, that have gone through grief, that have lost somebody. And uh, we probably all know someone uh, like that, uh, given COVID and, and, and everything else, you know, just reach out to them, 
give them a, a text message saying, hey, I'm thinking about you. Um, give them a call because you never know how big of a difference that will be for that uh, particular griever and, and that friend that really needs you. And, and don't wait for them to kind of say, you know, this is what I need. You know, you know I, I'm not going to say that to anybody. This is what I need. But um, but just be proactive about it. Um, doesn't have to be, you know, every day, obviously not every day, but once a month, once every three months, um, just let them know that you're in their thoughts and you're in, and they're in your heart. So um, I think that is something that we as society can do to improve. And, and I'm trying to, um, you know, think of different ways to, to really create that positive change in, in the world. Yeah, this definition that you gave about keeping the distance or giving space, it's something that sometimes people misunderstand or I don't know, but it, it's precious what you said. Yeah, and it, it doesn't have to be a lot. You know, some of the best conversations I've had have been just a friend sitting on the other side of a Zoom call listening. You know, not say anything, not, you know, not that anyone can, not many people can relate, but, um, but just listening and, and letting, letting me kind of, you know, get a lot off my chest, which I, obviously there, there's a lot uh, to really say. Another thing that someone did for me was, was actually just give me a big hug, five minutes. And, and uh, you know, that had a tremendous you know, impact on me. I still remember it to this day. And, and, and I remember, you know, that that feeling um, of, of just knowing that someone else could be compassionate and empathetic enough um, to really know that you know it's 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 a shared grief because grief is as I said very lonely very individual but when you know that there's other people that that share that same loss that might might have not as big of a, a loss to them but but know that you know, it, it affects them as well um, that is you know, a, um, a huge, a uh, huge thing for, for me as a griever. So, so being empathetic is, is something that I think society can really learn from and, and, and really, really improve upon, I would say. Yes. And make a lot of difference. And Hans, tell us how we can find you. We can find Baby Aviva book. Tell us how we can find you. Absolutely. So Baby Aviva Orangutan Diva is available at pretty much any bookstore that, that you have that you have online. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, Kobo, even Google Play Store. Um, there's there's a lot of different places, but Amazon is probably the biggest place. There's a lot of different versions of it. So you can get the paperback, the hardback, which um, I would say the hardback is definitely a much better version. Uh, but there's also an audio and there's also a Kindle version as well. And um the audio version was was uh, narrated by yours truly, so I, I had a lot of fun creating that one. And yeah, if, if you do, you know, check it out. Um, and if you do like it, uh, would really appreciate your review because, uh, as you guys might know, Amazon, you know, reviews are are gold, and that that really helps spread the message. And and really, my singular goal of this you know, book is really not uh, not for sales, but it's really just to spread Aviva's message, uh, spread Aviva's impact to the world. And, and there's a lot of, you know, there's an overarching message about inner strength, um, but there's a lot of other sub messages uh, along the way that you'll find within the book. So I think as a parent, I really wanted to create a book that really resonated and really taught a good lesson 
in a very fun and inspiring way. And so that's, um, you know, that's what you get there. So um, your other question was how to find me. I, I do have a website. It's hanskuber.com, but you can also find me on, uh, on Instagram. It's at avivasdaddy and then email even avivasdaddy at gmail.com if you really want to uh, reach out. So, And I can tell you that Aviva is already changing the life of many people. Thank you so much, Lucia. And, and I would say one last thing. If you do read the book, hashtag baby Aviva is the hashtag, hashtag that we're using. So feel free to, if you're inspired to, to leave a picture there, it would mean the world to me. So thank you. Thank you too. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.